this is episode 30 of the Linglestown Life podcast. This January, we're focusing on mental health and taking a biblical look at supporting our community through mental health challenges. In this episode, Pastor George Reynolds interviews mental health professional and licensed clinical social worker Kendra Trufanistock. She shares some observations from her counseling practice. They discuss some tools that we can use for coping with the losses we faced in this last year, and Kendra gives some indicators that someone could use to gauge their own mental health. We know that you'll find this conversation both illuminating and helpful. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is not meant to be individual counseling advice. If you believe that you or another individual is suffering from a mental health crisis or a medical emergency, please seek medical attention immediately or call 911. Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings and encouraging devotionals to help you deepen your faith. Well, welcome to the Linglestown Life podcast. You know, 2020 has been a great revealer of mental health challenges. No matter who you are, the pandemic has challenged all of us in the area of mental health. And one of the things that I believe it has revealed is how ill-prepared we are to maintain good mental health practices. As a part of our message series this January, we have the opportunity to learn from the experiences of biblical characters. And no, they didn't all have blessed lives. They encountered the same mental challenges that we face. So in addition to the weekly messages, we've asked a professional counselor to give us some insights on how to deal with the mental health struggles that we all face. So today I'd like to introduce our guest, Kendra, who's a counselor from Harrisburg. Kendra, welcome. And would you start by introducing yourself to our listeners and giving us a little bit of your background? All right, well, thank you, George, for welcoming me onto your podcast. This is the first I've ever done. Oh, so um, yes, I am a counselor at a group practice called New Passages. Um, I've been there for, oh, I think about 14 years now. And there's, um, I think about 12 or so counselors there with me. It's a great practice. Um, Prior to that, I've done everything from working a hotline from my dorm room at Messiah College to working in women's shelters, partial hospitalization programs, uh, Dickinson College while I was getting my master's degree at Temple. And um, currently I'm in the certification track to be what is called a Gottman Method couples therapist. Um, So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) All right, well, thank you very much. And uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to, to be on the podcast and to, uh, to share just uh, some, some insights that you have so that we can, uh, we can best address mental health. But uh, I'd like to start by asking you about some of the biggest mental health issues that you're seeing now and ways that you're noticing the pandemic affecting people's mental health. Mm. I think that what I'm observing um, with the clients I work with is imagine that everybody has $100 worth of energy to spend every day. 
it is as if the stress from a pandemic and all of its tiny little ripple effects takes like a good quarter of our energy money away every day, maybe for some folks, even half. And so you just start every day with less money to spend in that tank. And then you're still trying to meet all of the regular demands of life in the context of a pandemic. So you're still trying to parent and keep a house and hold down a job or, um, so you just have a lot less to work with because there's that undercurrent of stress from the pandemic all over the place. Okay. And, and do you, do you see anything specific in terms of maybe what people are, are coming to you or what you're hearing are specific challenges that people are having? Sure. I think that we actually, to be honest, in the 14 years I've been at New Passages, I have never had a wait list like the one I have today. And that's how it is for everybody at my practice. Mm -hmm. So we're getting significantly greater calls. We're getting clients returning. And the folks that we have are just elevated. There's higher degrees of anxiety symptoms, depression symptoms, marital conflict, parenting struggles, um, and even a lot more physical health challenges because stress impacts the body so. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Kendra, I think one of the challenges in general, but especially for people of faith is, is how people view mental health in general. So for a long time, talking about mental health issues has always seemed sort of a taboo subject. Um, and, and, you know, we, we don't have any problem talking about physical health, but when you start to talk about mental health, it seems as though um, people always want to keep that in the dark. They don't want to talk about mental health, um, especially if they're struggling with mental health. So can you speak to that perception and why dealing with mental health uh, is so important? I think you're right on. In fact, I'm um, really encouraged that a church such as yours has even taken up the issue because I think that's often rare. Um, I think we are steeped in a culture that has a lot of shame around mental health issues and that might have a lot to do with our ideas of what it means to be strong and tough. Um, there's sort of a keep your chin up and um, not to despair. And it's a shame because it is the not talking about it that probably actually makes it a lot worse. Um, there's a cliche in our field, you gotta name it in order to tame it. Mm -hmm. And we now know through neuroscience that it is the act of talking that actually turns a part of our brain on that helps us cope with the emotional part of our brain. Mm. Um, so if we turn on the prefrontal cortex and really share and have discussion with somebody, it helps to soothe the emotional part of the brain. Okay. Yeah, and we're going to talk specifically about that in our in our next podcast episode. So so we'll come back we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. Um, you know, just as I have been in ministry for thirty years now, um, 
you know, I would never have thought about talking about mental health uh, issues 30 years ago. Uh, and now it's, it's important to talk about it because I think people have, have, got, to, have got to come to grips with the fact that um, just like our, our mental health is, is important to us or our physical health is important to us, our mental health is um, all of the other um, health parts of our, our lives that we think about, you know, relational health. We, we all understand how important it is to work on those, but we don't necessarily take the time to think about our mental health because as you say, it's, it's our mental health that oftentimes affects our, our physical health. So, um, so anyway, in, in, this week's, in this week's sermon, um, I, I spoke about darkness and despair from the story of Naomi. Um, now, Naomi is somebody who suffered the loss of her husband and then the loss of two sons. Um, and of course, in, in those, in those uh, ancient biblical times, for a woman to lose her husband and then to lose her sons, she has no means of, of caring for herself and her, her daily needs. Um, so she, in, in, in the book of Ruth, changes her name from Naomi, which means pleasant, to Mara, which means bitter. Um, so when you think about it, in general, we, we've all suffered a great deal of loss in 2020. I mean, um, I, I just think about school students in general, uh, students who lost their graduation experiences, um, kids who didn't get to go off to college for the very first year, uh, families who have had to, had to uh, mourn a, a loved one who died but couldn't gather together uh, for a service. Um, could, could you speak a little bit to how, how we can cope with loss? And you can think about that in any of those forms, but really thinking about it from the perspective that, that we've all lost things. So how do we cope with loss? You know, I think it's probably safe to say that almost anybody um, who lives ends up dealing with loss and pain throughout the course of their lifetime. So it is a fundamental human experience. Um, there's a, an expert in my field called Tara Brock and she speaks about pain and pain being a normal part of life, but she differentiates pain from suffering. Mm. With this formula, she says pain times resistance equals suffering. Mm. And I connect that to what we've learned through the study of neuroscience. We know how much emotion is a bodily experience. That emotions are almost like our body in the midst of a tunnel. And we have to find our way through to the end of the tunnel. We have to figure out what our emotional needs are to get us to the end of the tunnel. So when it comes to loss, that's a particular emotional experience, the, the experience of grief. And grief has a beginning, middle, and maybe I shouldn't say quite end because I think you learn to walk with loss 
Mm-hmm. You learn to have a, you can't ever go back, right? So there's some new normal you mm-hmm. land on. Um, but what we do is, I think our culture has us getting in our own way of finding the opening at the end of the tunnel. We get stuck somewhere in the middle of the tunnel because we mm. don't talk because we are afraid of what we feel. And so learning how to be with what we feel and what helps our body fully feel it and move through it is what keeps us out of the place of suffering. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is, uh, is so important for people to understand that, that, um, that it that that grief loss and everything associated with that is a is a process that we walk through and it's not it's not something that that is over and done with uh, as you say you don't there's there's not a there's not a final point to a loss any kind of yeah. any kind of a loss and it used to be that the recommendations were to try to move on, get over it, right? Mm-hmm. There's a certain period of time that society kind of allows you to be in a sad place and then you're supposed to flip a switch. And now we really know that actually what's helpful for grief and for healing is to maintain some sense of connection to the loved one that we lost. Mm-hmm. So it isn't a getting over. Right. It's a learning to walk with just mm-hmm. in a different way. Right. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember off the top of my head the story. Uh, I shared, a, shared this story a few years ago in a sermon, but I'll have to go back and, 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 uh, and share it later on. But uh, I heard somebody talking about, about that, um, that loss. Uh, it was a young woman who, who had lost her husband very early in their marriage. And she, she was able to remarry, but in the process of remarrying her, she and her husband, her new husband were able to continue to understand that her previous husband who had died was still uh, a part of her life. And there was no way that she could, you know, just sort of cut that off and say that he had never existed in her life. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, Kendra, Kendra uh, in general, um, how can one person gauge the state of their mental health and whether they might need to find some, some help, some professional help uh, from a counselor like yourself? Well, first I'd say, you know, therapy is a tool. It is just a resource, just like going to a library would be a resource. So anybody could go anytime. But what stands out as kind of markers for perhaps a greater need to go is when you notice changes in your own baseline, like your sleep is different, you have a hard time falling asleep or your sleep is interrupted, you have more disturbing dreams, you wake early, Um, changes in appetite, whether that is eating more or eating less significantly. They look for about a 5% change in body weight as an indication. Um, Irritability, like for the folks with whom you're sort of hungered down with during this pandemic, if you find yourself having a shorter fuse pretty consistently, uh, that's a really good sign that going to therapy would be helpful for you. And also things like 
whether or not you experience pleasure in ways that you're used to experiencing pleasure. So if, um, you know, chatting with a good friend or playing a game or um, going for a walk or, you know, playing with your animal at home, like if those things would usually bring you pleasure and right now they just fall kind of flat, that is another really good indication that it would be helpful for you to seek therapy. All right. Well, those are uh, those are probably all things that we've experienced during the uh, during the last ten months of this of this pandemic. I, I know I've I've could check off a few of those that you were talking about, and uh, I, I certainly appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share with us today. And uh, Kendra, I want to just thank you uh, for for offering the insight that you've provided. And I look forward to continuing this conversation over the next few weeks. And uh, I, I know that we can all benefit from bringing light to an often overlooked aspect of our life. So thank you. Thank you, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.